listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. So I'm in my hotel room in uh, South Dakota. You can hear a train in the background. Little ambiance for you. Why am I in South Dakota? That's a good question. Because the state of South Dakota asked me to come here. <laughs> and when a state asks you to do something, you do it. I've n- I mean, it's the first time a state ever asked me to do anything. But... Uh, I was honored. Um, There's only 50 of them, and uh, we can't have any more because how could, you know, couldn't add another star to the flag. That's what I always thought. But um, I, uh, (laughs) so this episode is about um, letting go. And I'm drinking a coffee, by the way. I'm not going to slurp in the microphone. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast since day one, you know that that used to happen back in the day. But, I'll, you know, I'll try, to, I'll try not to get straight up into the mic here. But um, <clears throat> I, I wanted to do an episode about letting go. Because 
I kind of feel like it's the zone that I'm in right now. So when I was like 13, I needed braces, but I couldn't get them because I had eight baby teeth left in my mouth that would not let go. And uh, the <laughs> my dentist was like, we're gonna have to pull these eight baby teeth. Yes, it was as bad as it just sounded. I didn't even wanna say it on the show because it's just, I don't know, anxiety inducing. Imagine me at like 13 or 14, something like that, having to go through it. It's as bad as it sounded. It was <laughs> absolutely horrifying. But I think there's this idea, you know, the doctor said, your big teeth are not gonna come in until you let go of these eight teeth. And I'm reminded of this story because this is the situation that I find myself in creatively right now, is that I feel like, you know, uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, within like 24 hours, my phone, my SD card on my uh, interface and my computer all filled up to the brim with uh, maxed out storage. You know, I got those three notifications like, you don't have any storage on all three of these devices within like a really short period of time. And it was metaphorical about my creative life. Uh, it, you know, I've been holding on to these things and the new things that want to be birthed into my creative career can't because I haven't made room for it. And, uh, you know, I think about leaves. I was in yoga. I'm yogaing these days here and there, you know, um, and she was talking about in winter, the, the trees shedding their leaves and that that's a normal thing. It's a natural thing. It's a positive thing. And I went and researched a little bit, like why do trees shed their leaves? And the reason why is it's to conserve energy over the winter, because if they keep all those leaves and they're poor in your, um, and, and all their energy is being, uh, zapped by all these leaves, they don't have enough energy to stay in the ground and, and, and stay sturdy and they'll be compromised and a wind can blow them over. So they got to like let go in the winter. And I feel like there is this thing in my creative process where when you're juggling too many things, you're juggling creative chainsaws and creative torches and all these things like <laughs> at some time, at some point, it's just too many things. Now, I feel like as I'm saying all this, that it sounds like I'm about to say, and that's why I'm quitting the podcast. That's not true at all. I'm, I've never been uh, more excited about the podcast. Like, uh, I feel like we're in a really great groove. Every episode we've done in January, I've been super thrilled about. Um, but what I am talking about is, you know, a few days ago, I got up at five in the morning and wrote for two and a half hours. And I'd already worked on this episode for 
ages before that, weeks rewriting, rethinking, you know, all these, you know, I've been working on this one kind of episode for a long time and it's actually connected to a bunch of other things that I've been working on for years. It's hard to explain without getting the specifics, but I feel like the specifics are going to bog it down. And, uh, and I recorded it and I just felt like I needed to light it on fire. <laughs> it just felt like, um, it just felt like, you know what? I need to let go of this thing for a season. And there's no, no, you know, there's no telling whether, you know, maybe I will pick it back up later, but for the time being, I'm too close to it. It's too overworked. It's like a Photoshop file with 400 layers and you can't see it no more. You can't, it's like, I, I imagine songs are the same. When you just overwork and overwork and overwork this thing till you just, you know, you're blue in the face. And so I started to go through a practice and I thought I would share it with you about, um, you know, pruning my creative process. It's this idea that you want to cut off the weaker branches so that the strong branches actually have more room to grow. And when you're refusing to let go of everything, of anything, and you're refusing to uh, shed some things and let go of some things, you're, you're strangling the, the things that want to take hold, the, the things that are actually have that momentum. And so it wasn't an easy choice. And, you know, I think it's, there's some peace in just knowing, like, I can burn that episode, can burn that whole concept and if I want to come back to it one day, I can. But I think that there's this, uh, one of the things I want to do in this episode is kind of Marie Kondo, this uh, idea where when I thought about laying down this concept, it was just like uh, this huge burden let, let off me. This huge, you know, the, it, letting go of it produced so much more joy than holding on to it. And, you know, there's so many ways where, you know, when you make a five-year plan, let's say, the person you are in five years is different than the person that made it. And I think you need to account for that and make room for that. And so I just want to go through a little checklist of uh, a handful of different things, a little over a handful if anyone's counting, um, but seven or eight things that you can just use as a checklist for potential things that need to be let go of. And this was really helpful for me, even though I didn't actually want to do it. So uh, <laughs> the first one is your goals. Um, you know, do you need to let go of some old goals? So for me personally, I've spent the past 10 years working in a part of the illustration design industry that just really values clients as this accolade. Now listen here, just let's have some nuance, okay? I'm not saying I'm not taking on client work. I feel like there's this, uh, you know, you do need to be careful of your messaging, 
okay? That's something you should be aware of. I've noticed it. When I change my messaging up, when I change how I'm presenting myself, uh, different, you know, it really affects the way opportunities roll in. I'm not saying that I'm not interested in client work per se. I'm not. There's client collaborations that are such a good fit for me creatively. And I, and I cherish those. I, and, and they're some of the best parts of my creative career. But what I am saying is that the goal-oriented way of approaching that where the only metric of success is, is this brand huge and cool, quote-unquote, because that part of me is something I've let go of. I no longer measure my success by how cool the client that's emailing me is. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. I'm sure there's you know pros and cons to that. But I'd spent 10 years in that space and it's just not who I am anymore. I, I'm not gonna value a project based on it, you know, yeah, the cultural currency of who this brand is. What I care about is what I get to say and what, what I'm uh, able to speak to, you know, in terms of storytelling and, and, and speaking what's on my heart and, and, uh, and, and, and doing so in such a way creatively that it lights me up. Now, um, there's two, uh, two little sides to this too. I want to tell you a story about there was a vodka brand back in the day that had worked with me on a bottle of their vodka. And it's, you know, you've heard of it. You, you know this brand, but I, I don't think I'm allowed. I think, I, I think I'm still under NDA or something. I'm, I can't talk to who it was. But um, huge vodka brand. They wanted me to design one of their bottles. And uh, we got like all the way to the end of the process and their lawyer was like we can't sell this <laughs> we can't sell this design because it looks like it's for kids and i was like what are you talking about i didn't design that for kids it's not it doesn't look like it's for kids and they're like no we are going to get sued and after that there was tons of other times where if in a client project someone would say I would get some feedback that was like, you know, this round, it looked a little too, the illustration looked a little too playful. Can we just like, you know, make it feel more adult? And I thought, red flag, like nine times out of 10, this project's over. Like, because I can't <laughs> make it feel more adult. And this is part of the way that my goals had shifted is um, sometimes like, the, the universe, the people in your life, the whole world is telling you something and you're just not willing to hear it. I've spoke about this a little bit on the podcast recently, this idea of like, I'm, I've been slowly but surely reading Jim Henson's biography. One of the reasons it's taken me so long is for some reason I've kind of let my ADHD uh, out of the bag in the past year. And I've, I've if you walk around my house right now, there's like, 12 books with bookmarks in it. I'm so ashamed of that. <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't know the last time I finished a book. Um, but anyway, 
I, I'm, I'm slowly reading it. I'm get, I'm working through it. And one of the things that's just a reoccurring theme is he's constantly trying to prove that he's more than a children's entertainer. And I think I just, from the outside, it's just like, why did you need to be more? Like the humility and, and confidence that, that this weird tension that can come from owning your little space in this universe and being proud of it and giving, and giving your, you know, this idea that anything you treat as art will be. Like, you know, I feel, it's not that, again, messaging. I'm not saying I won't do grown-up projects. There's tons of stuff like, I st- you know, I think that there's like a boyish cool thing that I do well that I'm proud of that uh, as well as like, I call it sad for fun, sad for fun club, like um, grown people who like to be sad and, and playful. <laughs> That's my brand. Um, like there's, I still feel like I, I, there's, you know, things I can speak to with that. However, um, I'm okay with owning what comes natural to me. And so with the goals, I've been thinking a lot about this word ease as kind of a word for 2020 for me, where what are the things that I do that come really natural to me? Because I find myself focusing on all the things that I don't do well, all the things that, you know, I feel like in my experience, I will gravitate towards, my subconscious will collect all the ways that I don't measure up, that I, that I perceive my peers to say, this is what really matters, this skill or this type of work or this type of humor or this, whatever it is, I will collect like all the things that are really hard for me, really not me, and focus my energy on being up to snuff with this. My buddy Chris Graham tells me there's a football player I don't know uh, what what football I think I don't know what football team it was or what, but he talks about because um, when people talk about sports, my brain instantly just turns to like that ch- t- you know technical difficulty channel on TV with all the colors like Gee! it's really hard to hear anything when people are talking about sports. But he said um, that there's this quarterback that had this amazing run game and just could crush it every time with runs, but he got obsessed with proving himself as a quarterback that has a long game, the whole Hail Mary, I think it's called, throwing it down the field thing. And he got obsessed with proving himself in that way, and it ruined his career. Hear that train? That's real life ambiance, baby. 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, But it's so easy to get distracted by what you don't have and what's missing and focus all your energy on attaining that instead of cultivating what's already here. It's so easy to give all your attention to the branches on your tree that are dying instead of pruning those and giving room for the things that are trying to be born in your creative career. And so I'm, I'm thinking about what what's the ease? What's What, what are the things, you know, there's, there's so many different ways that I can 
talk about and, and say and, and storytell the things that are on my heart and mind as a creative person. And I find myself constantly going back through, I don't know if it's shame or uh, trying to prove myself or ego or what, but trying to constantly giving myself over to the things that give me no joy and, and that are about proving myself rather than the things that really connect. And so I, that's, I'm thinking a lot about how do I change my goals to reflect who I am uh, and how I can serve and what comes easy to me. And the second thing, this is peer or hero approvals. What opinions of others have you made your own? Some examples, never repeat yourself. Uh, like I mentioned before, client work slash client names, like clients, client names and accolades meaning more than the work that you get to produce. Um, that's one that I've done for a long time that I don't want to do anymore. If you're a cool brand and you want to collaborate with me and let me say some things in my voice that, that I'm actually here on this planet to talk about, I am game. But if you're an uncool client, I don't mean like an, I don't, I'm not talking like shysty, unethical client. I just mean you have to be the coolest client in the world. If you... Uh, have a great collaborative uh, opportunity, I'm down. Um, or, you know, there's these opinions of people who do this kind of work are this. There's all these ways that we adopt the values of our peers and the values of our teachers from school, our values from our heroes. And they have this way of, as we try to seek to belong in a tribe, we just often take those values wholesale instead of filtering them through our own ethics and thought processes. So are there some, are there some peer slash hero values uh, and, and approvals that you've looked for that are holding you back? There's things that you don't actually value, things that you don't actually believe in, uh, and they're holding back you doing the work that would be the most satisfying and true to who you are. Sometimes you got to let those things go. So some perspectives. I think that there's uh, number three is perspectives. I think there's some, uh, I think it's really healthy to allow yourself to evolve. There are some thought processes and there's some um, viewpoints that I had when I started this podcast, publicly speaking like, hey, I think this, hey, I think that, hey, I think this, that I don't think anymore. You know, I think uh, I used to kind of feel like, and I'm still working on this, this is a work in progress, but I used to kind of feel like your business goals and your creative goals could be completely in line with each other. And lately I've been feeling more like, you know, get your business running, get the money engine working so that you can have plenty of time to waste time making creative stuff. And 
I don't know if that they're in direct opposition to each other, but I'm trying to give space to let my perspectives evolve. Another one is for a while on the show, I was talking about strategic versus creative and how they seem like core opposites. Like creative is, uh, you know, starting without an end in mind, starting hoping to be surprised with where the creative process takes you. Strategy is defined by having an end in mind and then reverse engineering a plan, like taking that last, where you wanna end up as a business or a company or, or what have you, and then saying, okay, what are the steps we need to get to, to, to get there? And on paper, those definitions seem like the opposite. Creativity being starting without an end in mind, strategy being starting with an end in mind. But I'm re reminded of that great Niels Bohr quote that says, the opposite of a profound truth might be another profound truth. And I'm starting to think, I'm starting to realize that strategic creativity, creativity might just be a different form of creativity. And I started to define this new idea called exploratory creativity versus strategic creativity. Exploratory creativity being something like the show Lost, where they were writing without any end in mind, and they were just seeing what would come out on the page, and they were encouraged as writers to just explore the furthest, craziest, weirdest ideas that they could build on next. Versus what I think is strategic creativity, mystery writing. If you look into, you know, how do you write a mystery novel, they say you wanna start with the end, who done it, and then work backwards to plant, uh, plant clues and cover their trails. And I'm, th I'm thinking of something like Knives Out is an example of strategic cre creativity. So there's an update on a view. I used to think that you know they had to be done at different times or that they were in some way opposing each other. And now I realize that actually they're just two different versions of creativity. And actually, I think they can work hand in hand. So I don't know, I don't wanna get bogged down into all of the nuance of these updated perspectives, but I did wanna give you an example of what I meant by that. Number four, projects. Are there some projects? Maybe you've been doing them for years. You know, maybe, uh, <sighs> You know, maybe there's, you need to look over the, all of the projects that you've been doing committed to. Maybe it's a daily project. Maybe it's a weekly project. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's a plan, a goal that, that's a project you've been working for for years. And you've just blindly been showing up in that habit. All the while realizing that actually the joy has left from that work and if you Marie Kondoed it and said, what would it look like if I set this down? Your heart would fill up with so much relief and joy rather than white knuckling this thing because it's the thing that you've always done. Are there some projects that were great? You know, uh, I've heard Rob Bell say this a bunch of times, uh, uh, a reason for a season. So there were things that five years ago or 10 years ago that were the absolute right thing for then, but that doesn't mean that they're the right thing for now. Titles, number five, uh, 
you've always called yourself a designer. You've always called yourself a musician. You've always called yourself a writer. Uh, are those titles still serving you? And are they serving the ends that you want to meet? How you want to communicate yourself to other people? You know, lately, I'm not jumping the gun here. I'm just kind of, as I'm going on the journey, inviting you in to the process of this. I've been weighing up titles like storyteller versus illustrator because I realized that storyteller is more accurate to all the things that I'm trying to do. Even when I'm illustrating a kid's book that I didn't write, the, the thing that I feel um, skilled and talented and, and passionate about is writing with pictures, is telling the story, saying things in the pictures that the words aren't even saying. And that's the storyteller Again, it's not necessarily, I'm not saying that that's how I want to communicate who I am to the world, but that title shift for me helped me understand why client projects that, uh, that, that are just about the client name and not about artist voice and something that I get to communicate and, and, and have my essence in, why they aren't doing it like they used to. So have you updated your title lately? Maybe you need to let go. You know, there was a season where I felt like I had to let go of the design title. For the first couple of years of my career, I called myself a designer because I have a graphic design degree. But at some point I realized like, I love designers, but they're not my people in terms of, it's not who I am, I don't, I don't really, there's a bunch of ways that I'm just not a designer. Uh, we'll go six partnerships. Bob Goff, I love, uh, he had this practice. He was a lawyer. Now he's an author and speaker, but his law practice every year closed. So at the end of every year, they, all the contracts, all of the people hired by his firm, all the employees, uh, were technically fired. Like it was a probationary year every single year. And every single year at the end, they would decide whether they would continue practicing law as a firm, whether they would continue having this same team. How about that train? Huh? Um, and, and I think that again, reason for a season, there are people where you're partnering for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden, it's not time to do that anymore. I'm thinking Adam McKay and Will Ferrell just uh, liquidated their production company and their collaboration with each other, and I don't think that had to mean that everything they did was wrong or that, you know, that now going forward, they're not friends. It's just probably like that season is over and it's time to shed those leaves. Okay, I want to end with one thing that I think is, uh, I don't know, encourages me. Is that, um, you know, the reason it's often hard to shed your leaves, prune your branches, let the dentist take out those teeth, 
<laughs> is because, you know, what they told me is that the reason why those baby teeth haven't fallen out is because they're just really healthy. And if you're having a hard time pruning those branches, it might be because you have all the, you know, the reason my computer is full is because I've been making stuff, baby. For the past, I think that computer's probably like four years old. I've been churning out work. It's not a bad thing that these teeth didn't fall out on their own. It's not, it's not a bad thing that it's hard to let go of these leaves. It's not a bad thing that it's hard for you to figure out which of the things you need to let go. Even if they're not a major success, the fact that you've been holding on to this thing with discipline and intention and, and motivation and pushing through pain, blood, sweat, and tears, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I think that the reason we don't want to let go, you know, when the dentist said, hey, we got to take eight of these teeth out, I'm sure there was a big part of me that was like, how do you know that the, the, the grown-up teeth are going to come in? Like, maybe they're holding on because they know something you don't know. And uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I imagine a tree that's just like, what if spring doesn't come? What if I let go of these leaves and I'm just a bald tree for the rest of my life? But there's a, there's a faith and there's a, there's a natural order to letting go and trusting that this movement you're going to do now to stay stable in this season. Maybe you need to unload these things because you're burning out. Maybe you need to unload these things because you've got an unhealthy attachment to the outcomes and, and, and to the identity that you've made for yourself. Like there's just, if you will just entertain the thought, just the letting go. Sometimes it's not even an action. Sometimes it's not even, you don't have to do anything dramatic. It's just entertaining the thought. What if I didn't call myself a creative anymore? What if I didn't identify as an illustrator? What if I didn't do that project anymore that everybody knows me as? And if you'll let yourself to detach from these things for just a minute, I think you're gonna get some relief. I think you're gonna let go of some burden think you're going to become more stable and grounded and rooted and if you'll do that that next springtime will just come with so much joy and abundance as you decide which of these branches are going to remain so that's what's on my mind so I'm going through a process. I'm kind of taking stock of all these things, all these plans, all these strategies, all these goals. And it's just a relief. It's just a, it's a, a breathe a sigh of relief. Thanks. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Chris Graham 
Chris Cray Mastering for audio assistance. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. <laughs>